Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. We find ourselves clocking in today in an area of the state that may be called a bedroom community located about 10 miles north of the great city of Greenville, North Carolina. Here in Bethel, North Carolina, we are visiting the only manufacturing plant in the city, but quite an important one that we are learning about. It's been stated that packaging is a $900 billion industry that serves all of us in so many ways. To find out a little more about an important piece of that industry right here in rural North Carolina, I'm happy to be speaking with Byron Murphy today, who is the controller and the senior leader here at the company known as Package Craft. Byron, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, Phil. Doing well. You know, Byron, there's always a lot that can be said in a name. Can you start by speaking about the business of Package Craft and the customers you serve? So Package Craft is just like its name itself. Uh, we are a manufacturer of corrugated containers. We do all shapes, sizes, colors, some with litho labels, some with print, some without print. Anything ranging from a very small box that may carry a pill bottle in it to a box that's elaborate that could hold up to a Barker lounger. We, we were in this area very prominently for the furniture for some time ago, and we've had to adjust over the years for the difference in manufacturing, but we now serve about a 150 air mile radius around this area and have most of the manufacturing we support in the eastern part of the state here. Barry, you tell an interesting story about how you got here, you know, kind of homegrown as an East Carolina University alum and now back into the community by way of some pretty important experiences. How, are things, how did things happen this way? Um, So like you said, I uh, grew up in Greenville, North Carolina. I went to East Carolina University where I got my undergrad in accounting. was going towards pursuing a a master's in accounting and I I realized that just the number crunching itself wasn't wasn't quite right for me. So I actually shifted gears a little bit and went and actually got my MBA and kind of kind of wet my feet, per se, in the realm of the manufacturing facility. And that was kind of where my love was started for manufacturing. I had a great opportunity to go out to Wichita, Kansas, and I was in the aerospace industry for seven years, worked for Spirit Aerosystems and helped start the plant actually back in eastern North Carolina where Spirit moved their plant to Kinston, North Carolina. I was there for six years as the site leader and controller at that facility. Traveled all over the world. We also had a plant in St. Nazaire, France. It was good to get back to the eastern part of the state. So I, I really loved the manufacturing of that. And we, at that point, the travel just kind of seemed to be a little much from what I wanted. I, I kind of wanted to settle down and put my roots in eastern North Carolina for good again. And uh, the opportunity came about for a controller position here at Package Craft. And that was kind of where it, it dawned on me that packaging, when you first hear it, 
it, it's not the shiny aerospace title, but I tell people when I when I say that you think about that, but then all of a sudden when you tell somebody well, when you go home, how many Amazon boxes are going to be on your front step, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're starting to think, oh well, yeah, that that does make sense that everything that you pretty much use in a daily basis really comes out of packaging that's traveled around the state and. There are so many different manufacturers that we get to work with, and I get to not just see one aspect of manufacturing. We're, we're making boxes specialized for all these different items that are manufactured in the area. So I guess this type of packaging in general is kind of a growth industry with where all this home delivery we're getting now. It, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's grown year over year. Package Craft has grown over 5%. Since at least the '90s, I think that's when they started tracking it with their with their new owner. But we, we see a constant growth and and more and more manufacturing coming back into the states. So that's a, um, always a plus for for this industry. Byron, tell us about how your role at, as controller here supports the strategic and the day to day operations. I'm told you're quite a little bit more than a number cruncher. You know, how does working some out in the plant help you be more efficient or does it just give you an outlet? Um, I would say that that, that kind of goes back to my whole transition from being just the, the accounting, the accountant, to wanting to be more involved in the business. And I've seen that's been very important in, in both my roles, my previous experience at Spirit Air Systems and here that being able to identify with the product, know the product, and, and know the product flow lets you make much better economical decisions. Some Sometimes we may spend a little bit more time rerunning the item that is, is more complex, but that versus scrapping a lot of the items, knowing that that is a complex item, we need to slow the machine down, takes more labor cost at that point in time, but the, the cost of re making the item would be extensively more. So you kind of get to see decisions like that, and and also you're helping out too. So by me doing work out there, we're, we're continuing our big push for, for lean manufacturing. Yeah, it gets quite warm down here in the eastern part of the state, and I see a lot of shorts around here. So right. it, it does, and unfortunately with with the industry, there's so much dust and so much transfer of the dust that – it's really not economical to have a controlled environment. The The few plants that we do that have controlled environment are very strict for just food purposes. And so they have the environment controlled in a way that they can meet all the FDA regulations, which would be extensively more expensive and then drives the cost back down to our customer. We don't have that much food requirements in this area. We do do some agricultural stuff that would then entail them putting a their product in a plastic bag or something of that nature inside the box. But we do have some of our plants across the states that do have the FDA where they can go onto a in the box itself. You know, the packaging industry, although extremely necessary, I would guess is also quite competitive, not only with building and maintaining customer base, but also with workforce. Can you talk about some of your strategies with the workforce as most, if not all, of the bicycles of local residents are gone from your parking lot now. So that is uh, probably something that we, we think about every single day. And at Package Craft, we know that we are only as good as our people. And I would say that we value our people and our 
employees more than anything else, followed by the quality and service we deliver to our customers. So we have to have the right people in place to make the product, but then we have to finish it off with the delivery and quality to keep the customer. Anybody can sell a brown box, but we sell the service that goes with it. It's kind of as one of our kind of mottos here at Package Craft. There is instances where we will get an order late in the afternoon and we'll get together a team and have them run it at 5.30 the next morning. We have it on our truck where we have our own trucks and our own drivers and our own trailers. We'll deliver it by 8 a.m. the next day. So we can deliver that service, but we couldn't deliver that service without the willingness of the employees to come in early, run that extra shift. So that's where we've really spent time trying to find the right employees and keep them around. Our, our average tenure now is up to 19 years here, which is, which is quite remarkable for a manufacturing facility, and that's something we're very proud of. Yeah, I hear it in terms of employee benefits. You guys are a little bit of a throwback. You, you seem to do a bit more than companies are trending toward these days in terms of offering things to your employees. Is that right? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that that goes with our our thought that our people are the most important. So we have a very extensive 401k plan. We have full medical, dental, and we also run a gain share here that where the employees are brought into the profits that the company's making, and they have very specific items that they can do to help with that. We actually track our scrap on a daily basis and look at it by machine. So they can kind of look, and, and, and sometimes it does drive a little rivalry between them out there in the facility that they know this machine ran a lot more scrap this day than this one that day. And that inner rivalry, we kind of see them drive themselves to be better. But at the end of the day, we all want to better the bottom line. And so it's not just a empty promise. They know if that bottom line's better, that they get a better quarterly gain share here. Yeah, that's, that's very exciting. Uh, maybe some of our other companies can take that to heart. I mean, we just uh, really, the, the newer companies I'm seeing that they are opening up and they're just not offering hardly anything, you know, except a job. I think we're, we're, we're trying to find out that that's not going to work. Yeah, and that that is something that you alluded to earlier was that this facility was kind of driven by this area for quite some time, and there was a lot of workers that did want to come and work here. But over the years, it seems that either the town has kind of shifted in a slightly different direction where people are looking at other industries, but we are having to go a little bit further out to draw those people in. So by offering those better benefits, we've been trying to get the best of the best employees, and then after we get them here, we sure want to keep them to reduce cost and training and uh, new hiring and the whole process itself. Yeah, Byron, a, a few weeks ago we met for lunch. You treated me to a most fascinating experience. Uh, you spoke about the packaging strategies of several items we saw as we just looked around in the restaurant. You know, talk about the importance of the regional startups or smaller businesses to package crab and how you're able to serve them effectively. Is local business a big part of your production? So local business definitely is a big part of our production. We we do like some of the bigger manufacturing runs, but our our business to be able to support that, we have to have the other businesses in there as well. And so we range from small wineries, doing boxes for them. We do for some of the local farms that have 
peanuts that do uh, holiday packaging that we will package packages for the peanuts. We do several farms that do actually food that goes into some of the local restaurants that are starting to do more of the organic food. So there's some lettuce boxes where we'll put it in the bags and they actually deliver that to all the uptown restaurants in Greenville on a daily basis. So those boxes, we know we're not running hundreds of thousands of them, but those boxes are used to deliver fresh foods to the area and, and kind of gets our name out there a little bit more. So not only do we get to be involved with the whole manufacturing cycle, we get to actually kind of see what's driving the local economies. And one of the interesting things, and maybe you can confirm this, that, that you know we're hearing that, and you mentioned a couple of farms, that a lot of farmers are becoming a little bit more vertical now and packaging product and shipping the customers rather than going to a distributor. Do you see any of that? Uh, we do see a little bit of that. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that it's a, it's a big driver, but we kind of see a lot of the specialty items, which it, it seems that... A lot of farms are trying out new stuff, some of the new hemp. We have some of the farmers that grow specialty flowers that are sent off to other areas. So so with, with some of the specialty items, we are seeing some of them actually start to produce larger quantities. So that's definitely good for us and them. So uh, let's go to the economic part of it. You know, it's been stated that the packaging industry can be somewhat of a leading indicator of the direction of the economy. Is it fair to say that businesses may make packaging orders to align with planned production? How far out do you see companies projecting and ordering in that way? So several of our bigger customers, they kind of give us a six-month to eight-month kind of window of what they think their forecast will look like. Others, we, we struggle to get <laughs> forecast for a few days away, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast when, when we are selling our service so that we can be ready for either one. We do warehouse items, but I would say probably an average is, is about a month out. We probably have a month backlog knowing kind of what we're going to do in that time frame. So in light of that, I won't hold you accountable to your answer here, but you know, what are you seeing in the current business climate? Are things continuing to move ahead or is there some slowdown? I, I would say we're, we're seeing a, a slight slowdown. I would say we saw a big boom in the 2018 timeframe. Here in 2019, we've seen a minor slowdown. It is the first time that we have seen paper, our main raw material, drop in its price uh, since 2009 was the last paper decrease. So paper going down means it's more widely available. Some of that does have to do with the tariffs with China, but our raw material cost the paper had constantly been increasing for the last quite a few years now, and we, we did see a decrease there. But it, it's not a full indicator of a, of a turn, I would say. But we um, our orders are down just a little bit from where we were in the past, but we have some new prospects in the, the manufacturing. We are seeing more manufacturing still pop up. So I would uh, say the sky's not falling, but... W- like you said, we are we are slowing down slightly versus last year. Yeah. So, do you see a growth in kind of like new types of businesses more than you know increasing what your current uh, clients are giving you? I I would say that we, we're constantly trying to keep our our hand on the pulse of manufacturing. If if there are these new products in this 
different things being manufactured, we want we want to be able to deliver it to their customers. So we we have to keep open mind, and and when we're hearing about new different products that might not be the normal what we've seen in the past manufacturing, just with the change in technology and other aspects, we we're ready to service the those industries. You know, when we get closer to the coastline, you know, it's always interesting. You know, we are a part of a National Manufacturing Extension Partnership Program, or NCMEP, and whenever there's a storm, my boss at the federal level always calls me and asks me how are our manufacturers doing after the storm. Now, I don't think that the latest storm that came through affected anybody or you guys, but I know that when Florence came through, there was a lot of nearby struggles and you had told me a story about how package craft kind of supported some of your competitors how does that work we in this area kind of know where most of the manufacturers are and like i said previously we have most of eastern north carolina covered in terms of our presence in those manufacturing areas but there are some that some of our competitors are in and in that time we are capable with our engineering abilities to be able to run boxes pretty fast if we can get a spec and we can get our supply of board here relatively easy so there was a a facility that was not being able to be serviced by their provider that was significantly out of town and we were able to spool up and run that item for them pretty quickly so helps them out, helps the manufacturing stay around. It, it, and then I think it also says something about the service that we can offer so that more people hear about that. We may get a future opportunity in that regards. But the main thing is, is that we wanted to keep manufacturing rolling in this area and to keep people at work and people paid in the aftermath of a tragedy is really the most important thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, I guess some people may not uh, believe just how much you guys as kind of a packaging uh, company out here in Bethel may leverage modern technology. But I know you had told me some stories about how you uh, monitor the performance of your trucks and make some decisions about how you manage those around that. Can you talk about your tracking of your trucks and how that, how you use that technology? Yeah, so we... uh to comply with the DOT regulations about the electronic logs, we went with a company that could give us not just electronic tracking of the trucks, but we look at fuel performance, horse brakes, um, we look at the mileage, the fuel miles per gallon, and we really try to get the most out of our deliveries in order to keep the prices down for us and our end customer. We try to make sure that the truck is always completely full, so we'll look at how the length of the runs. We don't want to see a bunch of small runs. We'd like to see the truck go out and kind of do a milk run, per se, and come all the way back and make multiple stops and not go somewhere, come back, and then return. So we're we're constantly tracking where the trucks are, working with our shipping team and our drivers to make sure that the the right plan is put in place to, to reduce those costs. So I guess with that kind of focus, the logistics and the trucking part is a big chunk of your expenses? It is. We have not gone the same route as a lot of other people in terms of going uh, outside carrier just to come in and pick up a load and have a set price because I think that goes back to the point where we sell the service. If, if there was a item that came in this afternoon and we had to get it out tomorrow morning, 
we can rearrange our own trucks. But if we have a outside vendor with already a set price and a set area, we can't deliver that service that some of our customers demand. We we, we kind of use that as a competitive advantage above uh, some of the other corrugated box companies in the area. Byron, I talked a little bit about how Bethel is like a bedroom community, but this plant's been around for a while. How, how long has this been here, and what is what has been going on here in this facility? So this facility has been here doing some form or fashion of manufacturing since the late 40s, early 50s. It was originally a, a blue jean manufacturing facility for for quite some time, to about the 60s, I believe. And then at that point in time, there's been the various different packaging realms that have kind of run through here at certain points in time. And then in the 80s, a man by the name of Jerry Tedder actually got a economic development grant from the town of Bethel to add another machine and actually start doing some more of the corrugated manufacturing. And then that's only grown from that state. We have done several other expansions since then. And a lot of that has been helped to when the Shores family purchased Package Craft back in the early 2000s. So Package Craft is a subsidiary of Shores Partners. They are out of Indianapolis, and that a lot of times gives us the help that we need as a small company to have the, the capital availability if we were needing to expand to, to add another customer. So that adds a another arm kind of to the to the small business service that we offer but we also have the the funds available through our large big brother per se to be able to go out and get new business that may require us to make a capital investment when we say that shores partners is almost fully integrated they have several different arms of their business that start from some people call it the beginning or the end, but they do have a recycling facility where they actually recycle the corrugated board and turn it back into paper again so that they can remake it into corrugated board. They have a joint venture with the Kraft family, and they have several paper mills now that we are part owners of. They also then move into what we would call a sheet feeder. That's when they are taking the Kraft paper from the paper mills and actually making it into the corrugated board. So there you'll have the flat corrugated board. And then the next arm is where package craft lies, and we are a box plant. So we get the tractor trailer after tractor trailer flat board that comes in every morning, and then we actually manufacture it into the boxes that you see here today. So that's the box plant side of it. Then we move on to the actual delivery. We at Package Craft have our own delivery, but the Shores family also owns Venture Logistics. And so they kind of see that as their avenue to deliver most of the product from most of the other facilities. And then at that point, it kind of gets back to where I started at the, at the recycling facility. So they have part ownership in almost all of those uh, or they in all of those areas but it's not a, a fully integrator such as IP that would own a hundred percent of that so that's one of the interesting things about this business model is that they have the majority ownership but we sit here and run this like a small business I think that kind of aids in our ability to be successful 
in terms of we, we run this facility here every day as if it was every one of ours and that we were fully invested in it. And I think that's one of the things that Shores Partners does very well. And they just allow you to make money. Uh, yeah, per se, the the ability to ask for help and get management advice, and then also when we need to look at some of our resources, for example, when we're buying glue, we can look at all the glue we buy across the whole country and try to work on getting bulk discounts as being a part of that versus just being a small business here. So we reap some of those benefits of being able to use our larger size, but that we are able to deliver the customer service as a, a small homegrown family ran facility kind of gives us the best of both worlds. Yeah. So I'm looking here in the room that we're in and there's kind of like a wall of fame of, of your packaging products. And what I'm noticing is they're all in, they're not all just brown boxes, you know, talk about some of the different varieties of packaging that you're able to produce here. Right. So, um, we've, produced about 90% of all the items on the wall. Some of the litho labels we actually outsource and get them from another vendor. But we can do die cuts. We can do your standard brown box with color on that. We can have hand holes. We can do all different shapes and sizes. And that's one of the things that, that really kind of edges us different than just your catalog box itself too is Shipping's expensive, and we, we know that, and so we try to make the best box for the customer's items. If it's a, a light item, we don't want to use a thicker grade of board. If it is an item that needs to be protected extensively, well, the box has to be heavier and be able to protect it for that care, but, but the bigger and the bulkier it gets, the more expensive it is for them to ship. So we, we spend a lot of time making these custom boxes specific to everybody's product. And by eliminating that waste of space, the, the extra that they pay in getting it customized, we, we tell them we'll pay them tenfold. Hmm. So, Byron, talk a little bit about the package craft view of the future of this type of a business. Are there any things on the horizon that you see that are trends toward different ways of doing things? Where do you see this industry going? Um, we see a little bit of, of a change in the packaging market in terms of going towards the point of sale or kind of the point of use where you'll see some of the boxes. If you go into a CVS or Walgreens or something, a, a just-in-time just in type of thing where they pull the box open and, and the product is sitting right there on the shelf. So somebody's not going in to stock it there. The the more ease of, of getting the product out at some of these actual brick and mortar locations is, is one of the things that we are seeing move in that direction. So does the brick and mortar type business seem to be solid in that way or do we see just such a big trend toward a home delivery and, and that sort of thing? Um, I, I think that you're, you're still, especially with your drug stores and your stuff that you, that you're going to need to have on a everyday basis, something that comes up and you need to be able to get there. I don't, I don't see those completely going away, but we are seeing more and more items coming for the home delivery type items. But I would say the brick and mortar stores that we are seeing that packaging items where they can just open it and put on their shelves versus having to stock a shelf is, is definitely a movement that we're seeing in the industry. 
Well, great. So uh, certainly exciting to see, uh, you know, how a business like Package Craft can continue to flourish in a small town like Bethel. And uh, I'm sure you're excited about being a part of it. And we appreciate your time here of talking with us about what Package Craft is doing. Thank you. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.